and welcome to Down at Kintail Camp, a podcast that connects you to the people, place, and sounds that make Camp Kintail an especially special place. I'm Alex Crash Fenshaw. Today on the podcast, Camp Kintail's Executive Director, the Reverend Teresa McDonald Lee, was asked to preach at the 145th General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. She preached this past week on the morning of Monday, June 3rd, 2019. Over the last number of years, the General Assembly has been discussing issues surrounding human sexuality, in particular, marriage and ordination of LGBT people within the church. At Camp Kintel, we recognize that there is a diversity of thought around these issues, and Teresa holds an inclusive and affirming viewpoint. Of course, whatever your theological stance on this issue, everyone is welcome at Camp Kintel. We are delighted to share with you a recording of Teresa's message to General Assembly today. Thank you for joining me down at Kintail Camp. Isaiah 44, verses 1 to 8. Listen for the word of the Lord. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you in the womb and will help you. Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They shall spring up like a green tamarisk, like willows by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will be called by the name of Jacob. Yet another will write on the hand, the Lord's, and adopt the name of Israel. The King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let them proclaim it. Let them declare and set it forth before me. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. Do not fear or be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? There is no other rock. I know not one. Amen. The people of Judah were in exile. Forced to leave their homes and vineyards, fields and neighbors, God's people were now living in Babylon. Mourning their past, their temple, their religious and cultural life, the people of Judah were strangers in a strange land. Separated from family and friends, the people were separated from the land they loved and that had been promised to them. The past was haunted, the words of warning from the prophets now ringing with clarity and understanding in their ears. The present was uncertain, with new lives and patterns still being constructed. The future was impossible to envision. Without a temple, land, or hope, the people of God were adrift. What was there to say to the children born in exile of the promise that was now absent and the land that was distant? What was there to say to the old women and men who wanted their bones to lie beside their ancestors? What was there to say to the young ones whose restless minds and bodies longed for a home they could not quite remember? What was there to say to the sad ones whose hearts had been crushed again and again? The people of Judah were in exile from all that was familiar and beloved, exiled from a promise they thought was theirs. 
Edward Syed, a post-colonial theorist, wrote, Exile is strangely compelling to think about, but terrible to experience. It is the unhealable rift forced between a human being and a native place, between the self and its true home. Its essential sadness can never be surmounted. And while it is true that literature and history contain heroic, romantic, glorious, even triumphant episodes in an exile's life, these are no more than efforts meant to overcome the crippling sorrow of estrangement. The achievements of exile are permanently undermined by the loss of something left behind forever. Something left behind forever. The crippling sorrow of estrangement. An unhealable rift and essential sadness. These are hard words that ring true. Salman Rushdie said, An exile is a ball hurled high in the air. An exile is not a part of where they came from, but uncertain over where they will land. This experience of exile is one that many of us in the Presbyterian Church in Canada are contemplating. Through our hard conversations around human sexuality over the past five years, there has been an undercurrent of fear. For me, I have worried that I may have to leave this church that I love if all my siblings in Christ are not given a place at the table. I have been impatient and anxious, worried and angry as I have watched the discussion unfold. This church has been the place where I learned to love Jesus, the place where my call to ministry was affirmed, the place where I live out my vocation. Will the table be large enough for me and others to stay? For others, trusted friends and colleagues, they are worried that the church they love will turn in a direction where they will not feel at home theologically and doctrinally. They too have sung hymns, shared testimony, and found community in the church. If greater inclusion is permitted, will they feel forced to leave? Others, trusted friends and colleagues, fearing coming out as LGBTQI+, have been living in exile in the midst of the church for decades, where only a part of themselves is allowed to be shown. Will they feel safe enough to stay? These anxieties get lived out in local and particular ways. One of our beloved chaplains at Camp Kintail was worried about sharing with the staff that he holds a traditional view of marriage. What if the young adults on staff wouldn't accept him as a chaplain anymore? Other ministers worry that their church will not accept their leadership if they vote for greater inclusion in the church. Some elders and members hide stories of gay brothers and lesbian daughters, trans children and bisexual friends, or their own identity, worried about the reaction. Some congregations struggle to read the Bible together and avoid the conversation altogether, fearing division and disruption. Staying, leaving, feeling forced out, finding ourselves on the outside— these are all common experiences and questions in our denomination right now. Will they lead to exile? Will there be an unhealable rift between us and our home? For the people of Judah, they lived out the terrible consequences of that question. They were living in the aftermath of that rift, the loss that defined their every moment. But into that breach came a prophet, one who followed the tradition of Isaiah. 
This prophet first spoke words of comfort and of a shepherd gathering his lambs. This prophet spoke of the strength and gentleness of the God who made all things and who was calling a new thing into being. This prophet spoke of redemption and restoration and forgiveness. Could the sad and displaced people of God hear these words of hope? Could they hear when the prophet said, Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. Could they hear the promise of the words, I will pour my spirit upon your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Could their ears open when the prophet said, They shall spring up like a green tamarisk, like willows by flowing streams. Could their scarred hearts begin to heal when they heard, Do not fear or be afraid. Over and over again, the prophet pours out words of healing and hope, words of a suffering servant, words of a return home, words of song and joy. Could the exiles dare to believe them? Could they find an answer to their prayers? Could they trust God's spirit? For exiles who had been ground down and wrung out, it was almost impossible to lift their heads and to hear the words of the prophet. So many years had passed and so much had gone wrong. It felt foolish to hope again and to let the words seep into their hearts. But the prophet kept going, speaking words of peace and blessing. God's love and promise were offered by the prophet like a gift in a time of want. The words were like water that opens the dry ground. Can they be that way for us yet today? Can we see a way through the fear of exile to the promise of God's love and restoration? When I yield to the words of the prophet, do not fear, I see the promise all around me. I see new hope and life, green shoots in the ground of this church. Two years ago, our chaplain was speaking to our senior campers, asking if their churches had sponsored a refugee family. Over half the room put up their hands and almost every hand went up when she asked if anyone had a newcomer in their school. This is different than the answer would have been five years ago. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. Staff at Kintel and other outdoor ministry sites across this country are setting their tables wider and wider. They are finding ways for children with autism, children that are newcomers to Canada, children with a disability, and children who are bullied to experience God's love. For many, this is the first time they have heard stories of Jesus. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. I am fortunate enough to be with the women of the church on a regular basis, and their faithfulness gives me hope. Let me tell you, they sing from the hymn book more widely than most ministers would dare. I read glad tidings and the Presbyterian message, and I know that the WMS and AMS are actively engaged in studies on Israel and Palestine, human sex trafficking, maternal health, and much more. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. I saw the pictures and heard the stories of those who participated in the last healing and reconciliation tour. I heard the stories of the church coming to terms with our history. I saw the pictures of church members being welcomed 
and receiving hospitality from members of the Birdtail Sioux First Nation who had attended residential school. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. I asked my grade seven daughters if their classmates are being kind to the children in their class who are transgender. They looked at me and said, of course, like that is an obvious answer to a question that should not even need to be asked. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. I participated in a conversation in my presbytery around human sexuality that was respectful and kind. I watched us sit in a circle and share our thoughts and feelings and fears. We did not all agree, but we did so with grace and good humor. I see exiles finding a home and God's spirit being poured out. Can you see it too? Can you see the hope in the shadow of exile? Can you trust that God is at work even now? Can you see the spirit being poured out on dry land? Can we hold on to the rock, the one who formed us and who helps us yet? For no matter where we wander, no matter where we end up, we are not alone. We are held in the palm of God's hand. Our tears are caught. Our souls shall be sheltered. God's spirit is close. Amen. Thank you, Teresa, for that powerful and particularly poignant message this important time in the church. Here's what's going on in the world of camp in the coming weeks. Summer is almost here. We are busy welcoming school children from across southwestern Ontario at Kintail for school trips at camp. Make sure to follow Camp Kintail on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up to date with all that is going on in this busy season. Summer camp is just around the corner, and we encourage you to register as soon as possible in our summer programs if you haven't already done so. Spaces are filling up fast. On Sunday, June 23rd, Teresa will be leading worship at Knox Presbyterian Church in Ripley. Worship begins at 10 a.m., and we'd love to see you there if you are in the area. On Thursday, July 4th, Camp Kintail is once again hosting Cake by the Lake. Cake by the Lake is a special event at Kintail that honors the long-standing support of the women of the church. Through the ladies' camp, sponsorship of campers, collections of donations, financial support, and constant prayers, the WMS and other women's groups have been true champions of Camp Kintail and the ministry we provide. Everyone is welcome to come for lunch, crafts, campfire, tours, and worship in our outdoor chapel. And of course, there will be cake. Cake by the Lake has to be one of my favorite events at Camp Kintail, and I encourage you to attend this special day. On Saturday, July 6th, is Camp Kintail's annual open house and staff commissioning. Come and introduce your camper to camp, meet staff, and enjoy a delicious meal. The afternoon begins at 2 p.m. with tours and games. This is a great time for future campers to meet the staff, familiarize themselves with the site, and try out some new activities. Parents will also be able to have their questions answered and meet some of the staff who will be looking after their child. At 4 p.m., we gather in our beautiful chapel to worship and commission the camp staff of 2019. The tree dedication ceremony will follow at 5 p.m., and the family barbecue starts at 5.30 and is by donation. For more information, please visit www.campkintail.ca. We hope to see you there. Thank you, and I hope to see you again soon down at Kintail Camp. Thank you.